have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the refreshing Glenn Stansberry. Oh, thank you. I don't feel refreshing, Brian. I feel refreshed. You know, after we had uh, oh. several weeks away from yes, from podcasting. Um, so yeah, we're back at the new year, 2018. Yes. Uh, Q1. 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 Podcast. Q1 2018. <laughs> We got lots of goals. Yeah, we do. Uh, we've got this all uh, all figured out. We got a lot of stuff that we gotta get on the um, coming down the pike. That's right. Uh, a lot of resolutions, Brian. Resolutions. We'll probably forget about them come February. I've already forgotten about mine. Yeah, I started. I was good until the third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> January first to the third. <coughs> I really had it. I had it knocked out, you know. You're all over it. I was I was doing good. My diet was going great. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't drinking any beer or anything mm-hmm. like that. Oh, that really? That was a... I was I was flying high. Maybe that was your problem, you know. And then yeah, I figured out like, well, that was a stupid resolution to make <laughs> to not be drinking beer. This is hampering everything else I do. <laughs> it's really getting in the way of <laughs> all like the other my goals. Yeah, so I had to I had to knock that back a little bit, but mm. you know, Sometimes you got to make executive decisions in the best interest of the world, mm-hmm. which is what I tend to do. Well, I'm glad you did, Brian. <sighs> so anyway, Glenn, well, uh, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a New Year's resolution you should keep yes. for, the ne- for the next year. You should, uh, if you do one thing in 2018, when you're looking back on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. 2018, mm-hmm. And you're like, look at, you know, you have those moments where you look back over the year. I guarantee you won't regret it. That's right. If you uh, apply yourself to going to gentleman.com. It will give you what you put into it. That's right. You only get what you give. That's right. And what you are going to get if you give mm-hmm. is a whole lot of good stuff. That's right. Basically. Uh and once you've given everything that you have to the to gentleman.com <laughs> to the gentleman.com you, you sh- uh, you can, there's just a little bit more sweat equity you can put in mm. and by that I mean uh, going to podcast.gentleman.com and listening to every single episode of the gentleman podcast all 127 previous episodes um, I suggest you go do that mm. and then uh, once you do that and you're likely to have questions about that about life about your year uh, about spending time with gentlemen. Uh, you can get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast. You can get in touch with me and Glenn. Uh, we are the proprietors of gentleman.com, and you can reach out and touch us. Uh, you hmm. can do that. Uh, you can, I don't mean anything by that. It's a saying. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. a saying, you know? Yeah. Reach out and touch someone, right? Right. Okay. <clears throat> uh, so you, yeah, you can reach out and touch Glenn. And um, then uh, you can do that by... Uh, you get, <laughs> keep going, Brian. Keep going. Uh, you can do that by sending a letter to the gentleman mailbag at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. We will get your letter. We will talk about it on Gentleman Podcast. We will think about it. We will post it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. 
and uh, then we'll send you a little bit of something back in return, depending on the tenor of your letter. Uh, failing that, if you are not resolute enough to send a letter to the gentleman uh, mailbag, that's fine. That's totally fine. We have other avenues for you to explore. Uh, first one is electronic mail. You can get in touch with us at howdy at gentleman.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also there are various social networks like Chidio, mm-hmm. um, hotornot.com, mm-hmm. and AOL. AOL. Oh, wait. No, you can't. Yahoo. They shut down AOL, Brian. Yahoo. Yahoo is still there. Alta Vista. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excite. Excite. InfoSeek. InfoSeek. Ask Jeeves. Um, Ask Jeeves. Let's see. What was the other one? Uh, and, the, you know, just uh, just all the current, you know, big networks, mm-hmm. basically. Um, get in touch with us there. That's cool. We'll respond to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, Glenn, uh, that's... Uh, just one sec. Sorry, my, Brian, my, my voice is a little hoarse. I was laughing hysterically at uh, Brian trying to turn off his TV with the voice command. And uh, it just wasn't having it, Brian. Yeah, see, I have this, I have a (laughs) Xbox, and I have to hand it to Microsoft. They, just when I think they couldn't get any dumber, dumber, (laughs) they go, they go and create the Cortana voice assistant that lives in my Xbox, and uh, it, uh, you know, it, there was a time where it's, you know, I have to say they came out before... Alexa, mm-hmm. uh, but when you come out with a steaming pile of crap <laughs> before somebody creates the most, you know, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> you should, Alexa. Anyway, the point is, uh, Cortana sucks. Let's just yeah. Sorry. So anyway, I was struggling to turn my television off. I was screaming, Cortana, singing shut at it. down. I was singing to it. I was rapping to it. <laughs> Nothing worked. So oh, anyway, it was hilarious. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, let's uh, let's get into the episode before I get my temperature up. Right. Okay. Thing. Well, let's cool it down, Brian, with uh, the drink of the week, which is brought to you by the wonderful Fort Collins Brewery, Odell. Yeah. And Odell, I I um I always look at their section in the cooler at the liquor store, mm-hmm. and I always think to myself we have reviewed every single one of these and i can't well all the you know non-ipas yep. and I, I'm, I'm always dismayed that there's nothing new that really comes out of odell well i look today and there is a new brown ale and it's called settle down brown okay and i was very intrigued um i like just about any beer odell puts out they're a solid brewery yeah um, but the settle down brown was very interesting to me because for starters it doesn't have well. It has an alcohol by volume of six point five percent, which is pretty high for brown ale. I feel like. Yeah, this seems high. Five, five and a half. This is this is a step above. Mm-hmm. And in a world of IPAs and ridiculous fruited beers and gosh, what else is popular right now, Brian? Uh, Hibiscus. Yeah, putting flowers and cactus and whatever they can find and ramming it in a bottle. The old brown ale seems to take the shaft, Brian. It just doesn't. It's just not in the limelight anymore. Yeah. So any chance I can, I want to put it back there. Okay. So the Settle Down Brown, I'm going to read this description from uh, the Odell website, which I don't think I could put this any better. In the winter months, somewhere between work hard and play hard, 
there's a moment that naturally seems to occur. A moment where you could sit back and relax with good friends and, well, settle in. It's moments like these that inspired us to create Settle Down Brown. This American brown has a rich malt flavor with complex tropical fruit and caramel notes. So, okay, it's that moment between, Brian. Work hard and play hard. I That's impressive. That's a great read you just did. Well, thank you. I've, I've been listening a lot of J- James Earl Jones, Raven. Yeah. Um, I, you might get voice work from you think that. so? I could see Odell calling you up. Hey! We found the new, <laughs> we found the new voice, the new voice of Odell. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that I guess we should go ahead and uh, try to pop these open and see yes. what, uh, what the future brings for let, Odell. Let me give you a few stats uh, from the website. And this is from the Odell website. IBUs not applicable. Interesting. That's an interesting thing. That I don't think we've seen that. I don't know if we have either. They just refuse to. <laughs> nope. Not an issue. Um. That's a good point. I I'll, guess if you, yeah, if you if you, it, it, it does kind of not really apply to anything over you know twenty five or something. I mean, it, it applies to the, anything less than twenty five. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it's like ten or fifteen. We really not applicable. Um, it's an American brown, okay. seasonal, okay. and the alcohol by volume is six point five percent. The other thing I like about this website, two things. One, they don't give me a lot of malarkey about you know. The specific gravity and the Plato gravity and, you know, what I should pair, what kind of, you know, Dutch cheese I should pair this beer with. Um, but they do have a little survey that helps you find out the beer that fits your mood. So you can take the survey and based on your mood, based on a bunch of different factors, it'll spit out one of their beers. So Sophisticated. Sophisticated and helpful. I wonder if they are using some patented mustache twist scale computing technology Ooh, let's get our let's get our uh, legal beagles on this brian legal right. <laughs> legal beagle, legal eagles legal. i meant to say <laughs> no they're beagles <laughs> they're not eagles let's they're not really soaring with the eagles no. they're uh, no lounging with the beagles um all right brian so oh, anyway okay shall we so, yeah, oh, oh, oh the price 9.99 yeah. oh that's expensive that's right yeah okay. cheers cheers Oh yeah, it's good. It oh like, yeah. Seems like it does have some bitterness. Yeah, I, I feel like there's some hops in there, but it's not. It seems kind of seems kind of hoppy, but you know maybe mm. I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> yeah, it's really not what we know. It's what the mustache twist scale tells us, Brian. It doesn't matter what we know. Mm-hmm. Man, it tastes like something. I'm just not putting my. It tastes kind of like um, like a really light kind of imperial stout, kind of you know, it's kind of kind of slightly bitter, slightly you know, it's got a little it's got a little oomph to it, but uh, but, um, but I don't know about that. Hand <laughs> my hand motion was not really was very good uh, uh, descriptor. Well, you know, it's that's fine. Okay, well, uh, mm. I, I like this. It, yeah, I think it tastes. I think it tastes pretty good. Okay, so. Uh, Glenn, if you had to put some kind of arbitrary uh, rating to this beer, what would you uh, what would you feel good about? Mm, totally arbitrary. Totally arbitrary. Totally arbitrary. It's just completely out of left field. Well, nine ninety nine is a little bit high. It is high. I agree. A little expensive. Yeah. Um, that is a shame. I feel like this could really be rated a lot higher if the price were. It doesn't. I don't think it quite justifies the price. 
it's a very good beer, but yeah, uh, I think I think my I think I'm gonna go eight point zero, eight point zero. I was gonna go seven six because of the little bit of bitterness and the fact that they said it didn't apply. Yeah, and then also the fact that um, it's nine ninety nine. It's nine ninety nine, and it also to be fair, it's it, it's really not like a brown i mean it is but it's i don't know i feel like they didn't do a very good job describing <laughs> it's very it's not congruent with the name and the yeah, vibe it gives i no, i agree yeah um it's good yeah it's good um i don't know if i had to name it i'd probably name it something like uh, ramp it up buttercup that, that's what i'd name it ramp it up buttercup okay mm-hmm. that's interesting um, I think Settle Down Brown's probably gonna rolls off the tongue a little better. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, they—they, they, I'm sure they had a whole team of marketers on yeah. figuring that one out. So, yeah, what not are... surprising. Okay. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means uh, it's you said what you said eight point zero. Yeah, I said seven point six. Mm-hmm. That means it's time to get our friend the mustache twist scale computer involved. Uh, the mustache. Mustache Twist Scale Computer is the only proprietary algorithmic a machine learning AI uh, Bitcoin blockchain powered uh, computer yes. algorithm mm-hmm. that uh, we what we do is we input some facts into it and with uh, blockchain technology it um, it gives us an empirical factual scientifically explainable score for a beer yes uh so that's a long way of saying that we have a computer that gives us a a actual rating for every beer that we do um so anyway glenn let's let's type some facts into this mts computer and see what it spits out i'm really excited about this new blockchain technology that we (laughs) built in we're actually going to pivot um to instead of you know beer beer ratings we're gonna go instead to of beer rating yeah we're bitcoin we actually have a mining uh mintcoin mintcoin <laughs> which is uh a new thing that we're working on so mint chain mint chain coin um <laughs> so when we said that the uh our blockchain tech <laughs> we just keeps getting more complex we, doesn't it it does we've we got kept, the ai we've got the blockchain it's crazy yeah uh okay anonymous well, transactions between the ratings exactly and, yeah, yeah can't right. have one hand and what the other hand it doing. basically puts a blindfold right on the rating <laughs> right so it right. can't see and know? and the government can interfere that's right so these ratings will not be you know messed with by Russian, the u.s government <laughs> Russian Russian not gonna get to our ratings no okay <clears throat> uh so anyway glenn <laughs> <laughs> okay, we said uh, the price was nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Price not nice. Not nice. Uh, we also said that the IBUs were non applicable, mm-hmm. and that the alcohol by volume was six point five percent. It is a brown ale, and it's a seasonal. Mm-hmm. Is that all accurate? That is that is very accurate. Okay. Six point five percent ABV. Okay. Yep. Well, I think that that should be enough uh, for our proprietary blockchain AI computer to give us a uh, a rating for this beer. So I'm gonna. I, it's printing off right now. I, I can hear it winding down. Um, I'm gonna go get the the print off, and then we'll know for sure uh, about this about this beer what the rating is. You know, I don't know. It's hard to say, but let, I'll go get the print off. So beer coin. Here. Here. Yeah. 
Bit beer. I got the. <clears throat> okay, I got the. Let me. I got the rating here. Okay. Uh, look, it doesn't matter what we call it. Right. It's just the fact that. Just as long. It's basically like we've integrated Bitcoin right. into right. gentlemen. Vest is going to shovel hey, money. It's in a us. mint. Oh, already. Oh, so we've already done the dirty work. That's right. Uh, so we're just basically like minting cash in cash. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me. I'm going to just scroll through this report and see if I can get see the actual score for this uh, brown ale. For the it's Colorado history. Forty nine miles. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I got got the uh, got the got the report right here. Uh, Glenn, it turns out that the uh, mustache twist scale uh, tells us empirically and emphatically that mm. this beer is a 7.8. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 7.8 on the MTS scale. That seems about right. It does It does seem fair and just and righteous. I got to say I'm a little disappointed. I had such it's, high yeah, hopes. It's, it, it, from the pr- packaging, mm-hmm. the price. It's a great name. Settle Down Brown. It's a great name. name. Well, sometimes looks can be deceiving. Oh, speaking of deceiving, Brian, um, I have pulled up the rating from the beersnob.com. Uh, what about conglomerate? I don't know. I'm, uh, it's like a, a rinky dink little operation that somebody's right. running out of their basement. Right. And Unlike us. And, well, first of all, there's only seven ratings <laughs> on this beer. Oh, that's which interesting. Is, usually they have hundreds, uh, but uh-huh. it, it was first rated at, like a week ago. So. But anyway, Brian, the rating is a 3.76 out of 5, mm. which is lowball compared to our 10. I'm just going to double that by 2 yeah. and get a 7.4-something. 7.52. Yes. 7.52, yeah. Okay. So, well, uh, Not too surprising that they're... Wrong. <laughs> totally, totally off base there. Well, uh, you know, that's uh, beer snobs are going to beer snob. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time to move on to some interesting posts from Gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so. So let's uh, take a look at this really closely and figure out some some interesting things that have been posted. All right, Brian. Uh, I This one caught my eye right away. Right away. Bam. Uh-huh. Caught my eye. Do Tattoo. Uh, really rising through the ranks here. Yeah. S- quickly uh, becoming one of the go-to guys on Gentleman. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> it's for attacks like this. Titled, 512-year-old shark, believed to be oldest living vertebrate, found in North Atlantic. 512 years old, Brian. 512 years young. Right. If you look at the picture of this uh, uh, Greenland shark, 18-foot Greenland shark, that is allegedly 512 years old, you will not think it looks uh, 512 years young. This, This shark has been ridden hard, put away wet. It's looking pretty 512 years old. Yeah. I'm thinking more like 700, but, you know... It's looking pretty rough. The article is from the IB Times, International Business Times, um, which I don't think we get a lot of on gentlemen. No, we don't. Which is... It's nice. It's refreshing to have a different source. Um, And anyway, a marine biologist, Julius Nelson, Nielsen, excuse me, uh, discovered an 18-foot Greenland shark that his team had been studying, um, and they feel like the shark is at least 272 years old and possibly as old as 512. And they can't um, quite pin it down yet. They're still trying to pin down. They're working with other teams around the world to kind of get the age on this shark. But um, the interesting thing about this is that Greenland sharks previously were only thought to be able to live to about 400 years old. But 
they knew that in in theory they might be able to live longer, and an extra hundred years is quite a while, Brian. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so, anyway, the great article. Uh, they go through all the science about how they're figuring out the age and all this stuff. Yeah. Which we're not going to bore you with. But. Right. I mean, basically, this shark is older than Shakespeare. I, I saw that in the article. That's, That's pretty... insane. Uh, that really puts it in perspective. Um, another highlight... Because uh, Shakespeare's pretty old now, right? He's Yeah, he's getting up there. He's getting up there. I mean, um, I haven't heard any sonnets from him in a while. No. No. No tuples. <sighs> um, so, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, you kind of threw me off there, friend. Um, it's your fault. Uh, yeah. So anyway, the the article goes on to talk a little bit more about the the uh, Julius who's getting his PhD, and he's also kind of shown some on his Instagram feed. Has shown some other um, uh, discoveries about the Greenland shark, and one of them is uh, I guess they eat polar bear carcasses. Like these sharks look disgusting, and basically they're just like giant catfish. Um, eating dead things along the way because they can't really, you know, do anything else. Um, and so he had a picture on his Instagram feed that they mentioned in the article where they took the contents of his stomach and it was like polar bear guts. And it was, I, I, I gagged, like I'm sitting at my computer. I almost threw up on the keyboard. I'm not kidding. Like it was close. I had to look away. I had to stand up. I had to go outside. It was disgusting. (laughs) It's like somebody took a steak and threw cream cheese on it. That's an interesting, you know, usually Instagram. (laughs) Usually these people, you know, post selfies of themselves on a picturesque location. This guy's putting polar bear guts up on his Instagram. And of course, you know, of course the writer in this article, you know, he's like, oh, a truly, you know, gut-churning picture. And he links it. And I'm like, oh, I got to look at it. It can't be that bad, right? Sure. No, no, no. Turns your... Anyway. Yeah. Well, okay. So... Don't look at the picture, but look at the picture. Yeah, stomach turning photo of the remains of polar bear. Well, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's a that's interesting. So yeah, a five hundred year old shark. What do you know? I had no idea. Uh, hopefully, that, hopefully we don't live to be five hundred twelve years old. Yeah, if I'm if I'm like gnawing on polar bear butts, like I go, <laughs> just just end it for me, Brian. Just, okay, just take care of it. Yeah, we'll all right. We'll Thelma and Louise it off the of, off of cliff. <laughs> Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that was cool. Uh, thanks, Do Tattoo, for posting that. That was a good link. Uh, the next one we're going to talk about, I posted to the gentleman.com. And uh, this is called The U.S. Needs to Create Civic Social Networks. This is an interesting little article. Um, Representative Rick Crawford uh, of Arkansas uh, did, a, did a, a little uh, talk on uh, TechCrunch. And he, he wrote a whole article about how the U.S. needs to create civic social networks. And he has this really interesting take on this. Uh, and that is that he, he talks about politics and government and, and how they're two different things. People think about politicians and they think about them as the campaigning side and right. you know, all that stuff. And he, he talks about how there's a, there's a difference between governing and carrying out the policy versus when you're campaigning. And uh, Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that have turned into these tools that people try to use to campaign with. Uh, and that's fine for campaigning. But when you're governing and you need to have a conversation with you, the, the people that you're representing, um, they're terrible tools for that. Mm-hmm. Because the, the people that are following you are all the, all the people that agree with you and not representative of your entire constituents. Uh, he also talked about the ads and the divisive nature of Facebook and yeah. Twitter. And then he started thinking about they're not built for 
uh, discussions and you know right. the kind of tools that you would need to have a, a, an actual talk about pol- or about governing mm-hmm. um, government. I guess I should say. So anyway, he makes the case that we the U.S. needs to create networks for people to engage each other uh, on a community level and you know on a bigger level, uh, but tools that are especially built to. Uh, allow people to have discussions about what needs to happen in their communities. I thought it was really cool. I mean, uh, he, he even comes out and says that he doesn't understand the tech side of it, what, what needs to happen technologically. Uh, but he makes a very good case that Facebook and Twitter are not the appropriate tools that people are trying to shoehorn to use in, into uh, uh, interacting with their politicians, their local politicians, which I think is is pretty interesting and, and a very astute observation. Yeah, this is a really cool article. Um, the, the two things I took away. One, I loved how uh, this quote here, he says, Generally speaking, these two sides cannot, and he's talking about uh, social and, and political, yeah. should not be mixed. For example, I should not be using official time and resources to fundraise and engage in political campaigns. Right. I need to spend that time talking to my constituents and not just political supporters and representing right. their views in a policy-making process. Right. And he goes on to talk about how he has two. He has two accounts for basically everything. He has personal and he has political. Yeah, I thought it's pretty nice that somebody actually came out and said it. Like, yeah, you know, uh, no, no matter where you sit on the yeah. political side of things, our president puts out policy releases on Twitter. Right. Um, right. You know, so social social media is obviously huge in policy and mm-hmm. and uh, politics. Yeah, and I think you know these tools have been around so long. It's time to like take a closer look at right what we're really using them for. Well, and then the other thing I, not quite as important, but interesting nonetheless, is that, so this guy is, you know, um, proposing a new social network and going on this tech uh, heavy, heavy website, and he's uh, just a representative from Arkansas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, a, a Midwest guy, kind of like us. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, the one thing that I would say is that clearly Facebook and Twitter fall short, you know, in the... You know, Trump announcing his policy right. on Twitter doesn't seem right. But you know what? I think that announcing policy via gentleman right. would make way more sense. It's built for that. We When we originally set out to build gentleman, we mm-hmm. were like, someday we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to keep in mind that mm-hmm. we're going to have a president that's going to talk about all his mm-hmm. policy mm-hmm. on the site. So we particularly built tools so right. that uh, so that we could have policy releases on our site. Right. We'll we'll be releasing a stash me anything. Uh, you know where they right. you know the candidates can go right. on and they can you know yeah twirl a mustache and then pe- people can ask them yeah you know and then you spin the mustache right and right then wherever right. it lands it's more like a there. game show yeah um, kind of but right it still serves a good it's purpose kind of, and then like if you know. If if he if he doesn't like the question, he says you're fired. Right. You know. Oh, now we're talking turkey. I, look, I just came up with that. Entertaining and um, educational. Educational at the same time. Yeah. Anyway, I, we we shouldn't get into it too much because right. Twitter will just build right. it and then you right. know whatever. But I got a feeling we're gonna get a call from our legal beagles. I think after this, I think uh, our legal beagles will be all over this. <laughs> um, anyway, Glenn. So I, I just wanted to say I feel like gentlemen could be this social network mm. in both respects. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this guy's talking about. I support that, Brian, 100%. Yeah. And those are our views expressed by us. <laughs> uh, okay, Glenn. Well, a final thing we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, are you going to talk about this? Or am I, uh, I, I, I okay. could talk about it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, this guy, he's kind of... 
it's kind of been like we have a love hate relationship with him. Uh, this this member uh, at times he's a jerk, and at times he's not. Uh, it's me. Okay, it's me. Um, I posted this to gentleman, uh, and it's titled, and it's actually uh, from an un- unlikely source, people.com. Uh, but every now and again, a blind squirrel finds a nut, Brian. And this article is titled, Dad Uses Cheese Steaks to Document Son's Growth. And when growing up, I don't know about you, Brian, but I, my parents would do this thing where every so often, every few months... We'd stand next to our doorway, and with pencil, they'd mark on the wall, and they'd say, you know, little Glenn, two years old. Right. You know, all the way up, so you can see the progress. Yeah. Uh, this uh, gentleman in um, Philadelphia, uh, Brad Williams, uh, he decided, you know what? I'm going to think outside the box here. I'm going to use cheesesteaks instead. And so, from the time his son was a newborn, he would go and buy a cheesesteak every now and again. And put it next to the sun for scale, right? <laughs> and then on the cheesesteak, he would write how old. So, 15 months. He has a cheesesteak next to the sleeping baby. <laughs> sleeping baby. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't do this with a straight face. <laughs> oh, it kills me every time I look at this. Um, and then, uh, you know, two months. And anyway, he just goes on. There's just a cheesesteak uh, next, next to the kid. But... Um, and so his wife uh, thought it was silly at first, but then once he posted it to Facebook, his family loved it, started sharing it. And so every now and again, they have to keep updating uh, right. cheesesteak growth. That's right. And, um, and, 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 and they would use, they would, they would mix up where they got the cheesesteaks from. So um, some iconic places around the Philadelphia area, mm-hmm. uh, Del Sandro's, Fatties, and Jersey's, you know. Okay. So anyway. Very cool. Yeah. One, one really interesting aspect um, about this is that um, Zamoose chimes in, and we have it on good authority that Zamoose is from the Philadelphia area. Oh, okay. I hope I'm not yeah. saying too much here. But uh, the Northeast. R- right, right. The Northeast area. Maybe Pennsylvania Dutch. You know, maybe Pennsylvania. Maybe- okay. Yeah. Anyway, so he's in the Northeast. Okay. And he writes a comment and says, You guys, I should have posted this here. This is my buddy Brad. He lives <laughs> literally a mile from my house. Oh, wow. Hangs head in shame for not posting. Oh, wow. That's really cool. So I, I we have a little local tie-in. That's nice, yeah. But the thing is, is that when I posted this, I thought Zamoose, Zamoose is going to love this. Oh, right. He's a cheesesteak guy. Yeah. Always talking about Philadelphia. Always talking about cheesesteaks. Huh. Wow. That's cool. Well, hat tip to uh, Zamoose and a stern uh, talking to that is in order for not posting such an uh, awesome article. How, how dare you? Uh, we heard about it all the way in Kansas. halfway around the world first halfway around the world okay uh cool so yeah it's a cool article um and uh, the one thing i thought about was kind of interesting was uh he said his son's over a year old now and uh, (laughs) he's not cool with the cheesesteaks sitting next to him anymore right he's gotta eat it he said well i think he said he tries to push him off the table and stuff if they set up next to him he's just not into it anymore it's like these child actors you know they they start you know once they get a little older they're like start rebelling yeah yeah getting rid of the cheesesteak yeah all this stuff anyway Okay, so Glenn, uh, that means it's time for the uh, toast this week. And um, <laughs> this, this, is, this is an interesting departure for me because uh, I don't know anything about the NBA. I don't follow the NBA. I don't care about the NBA. It's just not my thing. I get it what people do. Uh, do follow it. I understand. I'm not trying to say anything about it. I don't really that. follow it either. I just, it's not my thing. Point is, I'm going to toast uh, Stan Van Gundy, <laughs> who uh, 
who is a Detroit Pistons head coach. Yes. Okay? The. The Detroit Pistons head coach. And what makes this guy special is (laughs) he came out and said exactly how I feel about LeVar Ball and ESPN covering his stuff. He says, and I quote, uh, ESPN's LeVar Ball interview was some cheap bullshit. <laughs> so, oh yeah, Lavar Ball. For those who aren't following the saga, which we all should not be, but I keep hearing updates about this stuff. Lavar Ball's other two sons, besides the main one who's yeah, playing the main, at the Lakers, the Lakers, yeah, Bonzo. He's over. They're both over playing in Lithuania because Lavar Ball couldn't stand having to kowtow to the. NCAA. So he took him over to Lithuania, got him a contract to go play basketball over there. Now he's over there in Lithuania. And what does ESPN do? They send two freaking reporters to Lithuania to get quotes from LeVar Ball. I read the article on ESPN. I couldn't believe. I was like, I thought we were done with this guy. Please. Go I away. thought this was, he's in Lithuania. What, why are you sending reporters to Lithuania? Right. And uh, anyway, so LeVar Ball, of course, he's always trying to get headlines. So he makes this statement about how the coach of the Lakers isn't fit to be coaching. He lost the – he's too young. He lost the locker right. room. They don't right. care about it. You know, it's Bill Walton's this, son, by the way. All this stuff about this coach. And uh, Stan Van Gundy <laughs> just said, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is so messed up. And it, just because it was a fellow coach, he was just like, this is – I can't – You can't have the players – and the great thing about this statement is that he's like, don't get me wrong. I don't fault LeVar Ball for this at all. He's like, he should have his opinion and be able to say whatever he wants. It's not his fault. Whose fault is it? ESPN. <laughs> for, for, he's like, I don't care. LeVar Ball should be able to say whatever he wants. But the problem is that we, you know, we're, we're having ESPN send reporters to Lithuania to hear him say what he's going to say. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I, I just thought that was awesome. He, like, in a couple of sentences said something that I was really thinking about when I was watching the <laughs> or when I was reading the article, and I thought that was really cool. It's uh, just a guy like you and me, Brian. That's right. So I just wanted to toast uh, Stan Van Gundy. Oh, well done, sir. Yes. Well done. The voice of reason. The voice of reason. In a time of yeah. <laughs> not very much reason. Apparently ESPN has some kind of behind-the-scenes extras or something that they do when they do the NBA. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving that. He's like, I, I'm not going to kick him out of a press conference or anything like that. But he's like, I'm not. I'm not giving them anything extra because nice. they're so irresponsible. They are irresponsible. Um, and I don't know. Is it Facebook that does the the, the Ball Family show? Yeah. Got signed up for another season. Yeah. Um, that's just. I don't know. I don't understand what the fascination is. There must be something because people tune in and listen. I don't know. And I just. I hate it. Um, so t- I just thought when he was going to Lithuania, I was like, this guy's done with college ball. No. He's in Lithuania. We're never going to have to hear about this guy, you know. Sure enough, leave it to ESPN to send Raw. people, <laughs> send people to Lithuania to go hear this guy talk. Well, it's beautiful this time of year, Brian. Um, I did read, and I, I almost posted the gentleman, but I didn't because I didn't want to be like ESPN to further right. give Lavar Ball a voice. But I felt it almost necessary to post this. Apparently, the uh, so LeVar Ball, the Ball family, has a, a, a brand, the Big Baller brand. Yeah. And they sell $500 shoes. 
Yes. And other apparel. Yeah. And apparently, the Better Business Bureau has given <laughs> the Big Baller brand an F because there have been like dozens of complaints. Oh, really? Do- I, thought you, I thought you were going to say they were infringing on no, well, the Better Business Bureau's so trademark. That would be great. Because uh, their their the thing BBB. is like BBB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they sue their pants off. Oh, my God. That but would be But they've awesome. gotten a, a, an F rating, and so they asked LeVar about it. He's like, well, he's like... They're just jealous because we got the BBB and they're, you know, anyway, he, he tried it and he's like, all right, look, it's Christmas season. We may have lost some orders, but uh, we, we've been in contact with the P, you know, like, you know, and it's just like, I, I, the, the whole thing is, is a sham. It's it just a terrible. giant, sh- it's like Bitcoin, Brian. What? LeVar Ball is Aren't you the heavily Bitcoin. avoid? I'm, I'm heavily involved. Fully vested. I'm vested. I put all my retirement savings in. Exactly. It. I rolled yeah. my IRA over That's to right. uh, to a Bitcoin yeah. IRA. Yeah, exactly. Um, Me too. So I got like half a coin. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Nope. Hopefully that'll work out. A third out. of a coin. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm all in. Well, that's good, Glenn. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, so that means it's time for the. Um, buddy. Topic. Topic. Uh, and this week, Glenn, uh, there's an article on Gentleman that somebody posted. I'm not sure who posted it. <sighs> it doesn't matter. The point is, uh, somebody on Gentleman, a very astute user, posted this article. And it was from the Washington Post. And this is a great idea. This is a fantastic idea. They sent their food critic, Tom Saitsema. 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 Sure. Uh, to eat three times. At each of the top 10 full-service fast food chains. Okay? So, and then he ranked them, and he talked about his, um, he talked about his experience at Mm -hmm. these restaurants. Service and food. Service and food and all this stuff. And so, uh, this, and I like this list because I, I, I agree with a lot of the things on this list. (laughs) I'm 100% behind a lot of this. Yep. Starts out. I'm going to run through the list here. I'm just yep. going to go like, quickly here, okay? Uh, number 10, Buffalo Wild Wings. He grades it an F. Mm-hmm. And he sa- he talks about how terrible their signature dish is, the wings. Yeah. Uh, and uh, They're so not good. They're, they're terrible. Number nine, IHOP, D. Um, you know, yeah. I, I think I've eaten at IHOP once, and yeah, I can't say it was very good. Uh, Outback Ste- <laughs> Steakhouse, a D. Uh, yeah, I can I, see that. I'm not a fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Lobster is a C- minus at seven. Uh, I didn't even read that one. Chili's is a six, uh, a C minus, uh, which man, Chili, yeah, Chili's is bad. Applebee's, uh, Applebee's is a C at five. Interesting, slightly above Chili's. Uh, he's actually not too hard on Olive Garden. It's a C, but he says like you can actually smell people actually cooking stuff <laughs> as opposed to Applebee's. As opposed to Applebee's. <laughs> so he gives it a C. But okay, here's where it gets good. Yep. Okay. Yep. Coming in at number three. Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. I have been on my soapbox for years talking about how I love Texas Roadhouse. Yes. I, Lawrence got one, mm-hmm. and uh, if I want to go celebrate something special, yep. I'm down there getting the, uh, I think I believe it's the 10-ounce sirloin Ooh. is the one. That's the steak to get at Texas Roadhouse. Uh, and he grades it a B. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, they have a. He, he says the fun fact about them is they actually have a butcher. Each store has its own butcher and uh, uh, chef. Uh, so like yeah. they actually have a guy back there hand cutting the steaks. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that's cool. 
I'm in with that. Yeah. This one's a little bit weird for me because I don't think I've ever eaten here. But number two is Denny's. Yes. This is kind of surprising to me. Uh, he grades it a B. Uh, he talks about their burger and their breakfast. Uh, he said he's especially uh, partial to their pancakes. So, you know, his go-to entree, spaghetti and meatballs. What? At Denny's. <laughs> yeah. And he, he's not, he's not, what's great about this, what's so great about this, is this dude's a food critic, but he's totally fine with talking about Denny's. <laughs> the, the, the meatballs and sauce offered with a, offered with a sauce that bridges sweetness and a tang. Yeah. And a buttery cushion of garlic toast. <laughs> and uh, number one, with a grade A, mm-hmm. is Cracker Barrel, mm-hmm. which I can attest to as well. I, to Cracker Barrel, I, I, I am a frequenter of this chain. Uh, we don't have one in Lawrence. Nope. We finally got a Texas Roadhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a Denny's. But we finally got no. a Texas Roadhouse a couple years ago, a year and a half ago. Uh, we don't have a Cracker Barrel, but Laura and I went on a road trip not too long ago. And on the way to the place, we stopped at a Cracker Barrel. And on the way back, <laughs> we stopped <laughs> at the same Cracker Barrel on the way back mm-hmm. uh, to get... Because there's so much stuff on the menu that I wanted to get. So I've never been, too. Brian. I have to so go now. That, yeah. There's one in Kansas City. Yeah, there's one in Kansas City. There's one in Topeka. So. Oh, no, no, no. I'll do yeah. one in Kansas City. <laughs> I'd say go Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, wow. So you bring up IHOP. Yes. I don't know yeah. if I've ever told the story on the Gentleman Podcast, but I have a story. I don't think so. This is going to – we're going to get – we're going to get sued. Our legal beagles are going to be working hard this week. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I was at IHOP eating breakfast with a friend. And my friend is uh, kind of skittish as it is anyway. Okay. He, about if food just, stuff or just? About everything in general. Okay. He, he is a, he's a trip. So, and you guys chose to eat at IHOP. Yeah. And so okay. he's, we're, in this, we're having this conversation. And the conversation's like pretty, he, you know, he starts talking about something. And I don't remember exactly what it was. But, you, you know, it was like a real, like, um, um, not intense, but real, he was sharing a real personal moment. Yeah. And, you know, right. he was getting something off his chest yeah. that I'm, I'm intently yeah. listening. Yeah. And a, um, a roach crawls across the table. About a foot, or a foot, about an inch long, this roach is. And he's looking at me and he's talking and I see it out of the corner of my eye. And I don't really know what to do. And I take my coffee mug, which is still turned over, you know, like this. And I just put it <laughs> on top of the roach. And don't say anything and keep looking at oh, it. Oh, wow. And eventually I, you know, I don't remember what I did. I think I just, I don't know what I did. But um, eventually I let him know and he was pretty weirded out. And I was weirded out too. Yeah. You shouldn't have things crawling across the table at the restaurant. I know that that's a problem. I know bugs are really hard to keep out of of restaurants. It's really hard. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. It's just almost impossible. but But what's crazy is as many restaurants as I've ever eaten in my entire life, I've never seen that happen. Not once. I did see it at a bar one time. <laughs> that, okay, you know, it's that's a bar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have food there. Well, but it's a bar. Than, but you can get beer. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But food is kind of IHOP's thing. It's still, it's still kind of messed. I mean, it still took me a while to drink my pints yeah. there. You know, but uh, I, I still threw down some buttermilk pancakes. <laughs> I mean, I, I still took care of business, but I thought long and hard about it. Did but you I, just? I want to know. Did you? Did you lift the cup up when you left? Did you tell anybody about it? I told it? the waitress. You, I was okay. like, "Hey, there's a lift yeah. this cup up." And I actually don't lift this cup up, but there's a roach in here. Okay. And <laughs> she was like, "Oh, yeah, okay." And you know, it wasn't wasn't like I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, it wasn't That's a surprise. Insane. And also, the thing was like, 
She wasn't as surprised as I thought she would be, yeah. and she also didn't offer like like. Anything? Oh, I'm really sorry. Can I get you? I don't know, three more pancakes or something. You know, like a milkshake. She was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Well, <laughs> must be pretty. Uh, See you pretty next funny. week. <laughs> anyway, wow, that's my IHOP story. Okay, well, he reads it pretty low too, so I don't think he said anything about roaches. But well, that probably would have tipped the scale a little bit. So further. I, you know, now I'm intrigued about Denny's. I need to go. I'm very intrigued by this. The fact that I never thought of, I always thought kind of equated Denny's with IHOP, but Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that he rates it pretty high, and I agree with him Mm -hmm. on the Texas Roadhouse as well as the uh, Cracker Barrel Mm -hmm. uh, thing. uh, I don't know. It seems like I should try Denny's out then. Uh, Denny's is the type of place that you you never. It's like the place you have to eat at. If there's nowhere else, like if you stay at some rinky-dink town, yeah. maybe they have a Denny's right. and like a gas station. They've got a McDonald's and a Denny's. Right. And you're like, well, I guess I'm going to Denny's. No, I'm going to McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got to get some cheeseburgers. No contest. So, yeah. Denny's. Yeah. So, Denny's coming in strong number two. Uh, I thought it was interesting. You know, Chili's is terrible. Right. Um, and they microwave. They just, they just like get it all frozen. Laura and I went to, we, we went to Chili's. I, we hadn't been in a long time. I had met my my parents and I used to go when I was younger. They like to go to you know when you get to a certain age, your parents like to go places. You just go with them. You don't. Yep. yep. You don't bring up the fact that you don't like. <laughs> All right. Particularly like eating. So I mean, it's not like I disliked it, but it was like I. You're gonna spend money. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the point is, you just tag along. And right. You say like, "That's cool. Yeah, we can go to Chili's." And but the thing was, back in the day, it was like I didn't mind it. I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it. Right. Uh, Laura and I went. <laughs> you know. Uh, a few months ago, it was terrible. Yeah, it was so bad. It was just like I can't even believe that they can get away with calling this a restaurant. Yeah, and it's still in operation. People still eat there. You know, it's a it's a big deal. Still. Yeah, I mean, um, it's yeah that and Applebee's. Applebee's, uh, yeah, same. Uh, we cut from the same cloth. Uh, when we moved or we moved in this house, actually, there were a couple times we were doing stuff that was so late that Applebee's was like one of the last places open. So we would like headed over to Applebee's. IHOP? Well, <laughs> could have been, yeah. Uh, we went to Applebee's a couple times then, and we just couldn't go back after that. It was just too. It's just not good. It's just not good. Applebee's, man. It's bad. It's bad stuff. Um, they literally don't cook anything there. I and I'm not a I'm not a fan of Olive Garden. Uh, yeah. I just don't like the. I don't like the. Um, the whole thing about Olive Garden to me seems like it's all about the fact that they're huge portions. Yeah, they have endless things, like, endless things, and huge portions of stuff. And I yeah. don't know. I will say, and I, I, I didn't see the Red Lobster one as I was flipping through. Yeah, the Red Lobster's on there too. I, I feel, I have such a good memory of getting Cheddar Bay biscuits at Red Lobster. <laughs> Those things are like biscuit everybody, crack. Everybody loves everybody loves the biscuits there. All, all it is is like salt and garlic yeah. and good. Oh yeah, oh, they got a picture me. of them right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, and butter, salt, garlic, and butter. Butter is basically like the consistency of those things. Cheese, obviously. Yeah. Um, so, and the, the food critic agrees with you. The food critic says. Their uh, cheddar biscuits are some of the bust stuff that they have. Okay, okay, I'm not wrong. And the chain sells 395 million cheddar biscuits a year. It doesn't surprise me one bit. I want to know who it's like the inventor of the Big Mac or something. <laughs> right? who, who invented the cheddar biscuit? Because let me tell you, it's a hit. 
They will do things like that. You show up and like you sit down and like, oh, here, have some biscuits before you eat. Yeah. And then they keep refilling the basket. And then when they leave, they're like, yeah, you should get some to go too. Because they know they put an addictive chemical in it, oh, make you crave it fortnightly. Man, they do. And I'm okay with it. Yeah. I I come back. But, I don't uh, even know what I order there. I think I just, <laughs> just I think I just biscuits. <laughs> yeah. I remember going in high school with my mom one time, and she was like pretty embarrassed at how I, you know, basically ate everything in sight. <laughs> they just kept bringing baskets of, you know, oh my. back when I was running across country, you know. Right, 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 right. Just, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I've only eaten at Red Lobster maybe three times in mm-hmm. my life. Um, just never had it growing up. We didn't have it in our town, so I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about it. Uh, we didn't get a Texas Roadhouse until uh, when I was living in Manhattan. Not New York, uh, Kansas. <laughs> the Little Apple. The Little Apple. Um, we got it, you know, maybe like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago or something. It's got to be longer because I've been here longer than that. But the point is, like, I went there a few times and I thought, at first I, I yeah, I thought it was just some chain restaurant. And uh, I went with my buddy Ken, I think, at one point. And I, I really started thinking about it and I was like, man, this is actually pretty good. This is actually pretty good food. And I actually liked it. And I think I said something to him about it. He's like, hell yeah. He's like, I, he's like this this place is awesome. No, oh, yeah. And sometimes, because there's a thing where it's like, I, I get sucked into like always going to, or wanting to go to local restaurants. Right, right? yeah, Because yeah. thinking like that's the only thing that like you can McDonald's get. Like McDonald's. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, the stuff that, that's yeah. like unique to your area and yeah. the stuff that's good, you look for those things. You don't think about these chain restaurants, or at least I don't, like mm-hmm. a lot of times. But then you realize you're being kind of a jerk by saying like, oh, all these chain restaurants are crap. You know, there are some of them that are actually kind of good. So Denny's um, and Texas Roadhouse. Uh, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna have to go to Denny's now because that's just you know. But uh, yeah, Cracker Barrel is uh, just all right with me. It's uh, you know, I, I've gotten several things there that are pretty solid. <laughs> and it, the thing is, Country it's cheap. Style. Yeah, it's cheap. Really, it's so cheap. Yeah, it's so cheap. Oh. You could get like you get the biggest breakfast they have, which is like, you know, I think I want to say I got like a steak and eggs thing. It was like steak eggs you know hash browns and gravy and you know all this stuff and it yeah. was like nine dollars or something like they're eight dollars or whatever wow for <laughs> steak was, and eggs it, yeah pretty... it was, it was re- really really i mean it was insane cheap everything on there is like super cheap it was like I, I i was so tempted to order like three different things because it was so cheap and i could just like try a bunch of different stuff but it would have been really wasteful so i didn't right. do that but um wow but yeah, you gotta you gotta try the charcoal. The other thing about Cracker Barrel is they have a store. Yeah. Before you get into the actual restaurant, they have a place where people wait. This is so smart. <laughs> this just pisses me off. It's so smart <laughs> having a store mm-hmm. where people wait before they go in to buy your food. They're walking around the store. You know, they're gonna find stuff. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, so they make up maybe what 30, they don't, yeah maybe thirty percent of the people buy something, but still. It's like huge, and then of course all the stuff in there they're like manufacturing themselves and yeah, the candy yeah, yeah. and like yeah, all yeah. this stuff. So anyway, it's super smart. Huh. I, I so I, I tend to appreciate places that do smart stuff like that, and that was that was uh, that was one of those things. So. Yeah, you gotta love the place that will take a hit on the margin of the food, but understands how to pick it up later in yeah. terms of loyalty and yep the store thing. So. Oh, it's and it's it's. The ones that I've been to are always they're always hopping, man. Yeah, people are. Oh always, yeah, people you know, packed. Yeah, families love it. Yeah, old people love it. Yeah, you know it's. And the other great thing about Cracker Barrel too is like you be on the road. It's almost like a McDonald's yep. Yep. where you could be like anywhere. Starbucks. You see a Cracker Barrel, it's going to be consistent. Yep, it's going to be affordable. 
And it's going to be good. It's mm-hmm. like Southern. It's going to be full. It, yeah. And Southern good cooking. And uh, if you mm-hmm. need anything at the general store before you get in there, <laughs> it's available as Do well. Do have any toothpaste? Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyway. Tic Tac. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to have to try out Denny's. I'm excited about that now. I'm, 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 I'm very intrigued by this uh, because I totally agree with this food critic. Yeah. Well, totally justifies my uh, <laughs> the the things that I think about these chain restaurants. So I, I remember you. I was reading this. I was like, "This is this is like Brian wrote this article because yeah. I remember I asked you about Texas Roadhouse and you were saying it's really surprisingly good, <laughs> surprisingly good." Yeah. And then what was it? What was the other one? Oh, you you have uh, beef with uh, number ten, uh, the first one. What oh, was, well, Buffalo Wild. Buffalo, I'm always you've talking always talked about, about, how, you hate about Wild how Buffalo Wild Wings is the worst food. And it really, I mean, it's the, <laughs> the wings are like. They're popcorn so shrimp bad. They're so and bad. It's like bone and, and it, sauce. He he was saying like he felt like the sauce, sauces were all just covering up, you know, <laughs> like they weren't adding to stuff. They were yeah. they're just they're there to cover up how bad the actual wings are. Yeah, which I completely agree with. He also talks about some tacos he got there. Yeah, street tacos. <laughs> <laughs> gives street vendors a, a bad name everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Which is, but yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. As much you know, they've been in the news lately for how successful they've been, but it's so terrible, mm-hmm. it's so awful. Anyway, all right, Glenn. Well, we gotta go try a Denny's at some point. I'm gonna go do that because I'm I'm into it. Yep. I, I have to go try a Denny's. You have, now. To, you have to take me to Cracker Barrel. Oh yeah, we should go. We should go go to Cracker Barrel. We could go right now. We could go. We could go right <laughs> after right after the podcast. We can go to Cracker Barrel. Uh, so anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, we'll have to report back on that. Oh man! Uh, but okay, Glenn. Well, that means let's get that out of the system. It's time for <laughs> the final segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. And uh, this week, then, uh, Oprah has been in the headlines. Yes, because she's maybe considering maybe running for president in right. 2020. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was curious if you could pick any celebrity to run for president and win to become president of the United States. Who would you pick? Well, Brian, I uh, I thought long and hard about this, and two names uh, rose to the top. One okay. of them is an obvious choice for me, okay. But I won't pick him. But runner-up would be Bono. Oh, interesting. I, I now he's not from the U.S., so well, he won't him. win. So I can't pick him. Well, maybe he's naturalized. Strange things can happen. <laughs> That's true. When money, little like, ballad. Uh, Bono's a big investor in Facebook. He's I got heard billions he was of born dollars. in Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so uh, all of a sudden, he's born in Manhattan, Kansas. Yep. Uh, which is you know that's fine with me. Um, so yeah, Ireland's Ireland's son. I won't I won't take him for president. Okay. But I like what he's done, humanitarian efforts, yep. and that's he true. speaks his mind. But he's not yep. you know a total d bag. Yeah. That's anyway. true. He's yeah. He's been very active, right, in, in causes and 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 things like that. So. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that about the guy. But that's an obvious choice for me, right? Okay, so I right. won't I won't pick them. That's like right. the fanboy right. pick. The pick that I the pick that I could really see this guy running. I don't think he'd win, but it would be absolutely amazing if he did. Micro. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would love to sure. see yeah. Micro win an election. Yeah. That would be great for me. I don't think it would. Well, it'd be great for everybody. I feel, but yeah. I don't think it would happen. Right. He's not. He's not quite big enough yet mm. to pull it off. Yeah, it's true. No, Micro is a good choice. He's yeah. not a billionaire. Well, you know that's that's a good choice. I feel. Like, you know, I've I've actually been watching uh, this season of This Old House. Oh. And uh, they they um, 
Micro is kind of like a guest star involved with that whole thing. Like in a lot of episodes, or yeah, nice. He he, uh, he, he makes an appearance because they're they're trying to do thing about uh, getting people more involved in the trades, mm-hmm. getting people to go through the trade school instead of maybe going mm-hmm. to university because there's a there's a lack of there's a real uh, need, you know, real need for trade workers. Yeah, and uh, that's not getting met. So he's got some kind of foundation where he works with, mm. uh, works with that and tries to promote it. And so they're they're kind of combining their efforts to. Get a little bit more um, uh, eyeballs on the the organization and trying to get people involved with trade. So yeah, very yeah, cool. which is really cool. Yeah, I used to watch. <laughs> so growing up, we only had like three channels in the country. Uh-huh. We didn't have cable, so yeah. one of them was PBS. And my parents always watched. Oh yeah, this old house every Saturday morning because yeah. oh, we lived in an old house. Yeah, <clears throat> so it's, I'm sure it's changed over the years. It but. has, and it's got totally different. I mean, the guys that are on it have been on it for a long time. <laughs> I probably recognize them. Yeah. Um, but it's a good. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. I, I learned a lot. Surprisingly, a, a lot from from watching it. So, nice, uh, and it's pretty entertaining. I like it too. So. so, how do you consume it? Is it Netflix or is it? I have the PBS app. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I actually i i support their yeah. stuff. I I pay a monthly. It's not very much. It's like yeah. five bucks a month or yeah. something. Uh, but you get like exclusive access to some things. And I think I think all of this old house stuff is free, but yeah. they have certain programs that you have to be a contributor to access. And there's a Kansas one called Sunflower Journeys, which I actually watch quite a bit. You which talked is, about that, yeah. Uh, basically, local, like I think it's in Topeka, is where the show originates, and they just drive around to Kansas and like interview people that are doing certain things. It's kind of cool. hokey, but you know, I'm a I'm a Kansas guy, so yeah. I like to see what's going on around the area. Or if there's some place to go visit or something or something cool going on, you kind of find out yeah. about what people are doing in all these communities. So anyway. So yeah, president. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> micro, yeah, okay. Yep. Cool. So uh mine mine's actually kind of a similar vein as that. Uh is I was thinking about this and who immediately popped in the head. Like I just cleared my mind and thought who would be the man for this job or woman for this job. Yep. And I thought of uh, Nick Offerman. <laughs> yes. The reason why I say Nick yes. Offerman is because I, you know, oh, man. I don't know a whole lot about this guy. But I do know I, I, from watching him, from, uh, you know, seeing his comments about stuff, from reading a book that maybe he put out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's put out too. He... He, some of his ideas are very straightforward. They're very honest, and he's very true to them. Uh, and I agree with him 100. percent He's he he doesn't BS anything. He just yep. calls it like he sees it. It just is how it is. Uh, he's a woodworker. <laughs> yep. He he seems pretty calm, patient. He's yep. funny. He he has a sense of humor about stuff. I feel like those are all things that could really help uh, being president. Have you? Brian, first of all, let me commend you on your choice. Second of all, we know he's a big fan of Gentleman. Yeah, huge fan. Yeah, huge fan. Yeah. Third, have you watched Parks and Rec? No, I never have. Okay. I feel like if that's going to be your guy, that's true. you I need should to probably dive in. Have, it's on Netflix. Probably, yeah, it's true. I should probably... Chris Pratt got a yeah. star on the show. Yeah. Nick Offerman. Yep. It's fantastic. Okay. Well, we're, to... we're actually just started rewatching it this past weekend. I'll have to check it out then. Um, yeah. 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 That, but... <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be. Can you imagine him giving the like State of the Union? He's very. <laughs> he's too. Oh my fellow Americans! Yeah, he's kind of who you'd expect. He's very like yeah. old school American kind of dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I don't know. and based on what 
You know, like actually, you gave me his book for my for Christmas or a birthday. Ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I read it, and it was really cool because it basically talks about the fact that, and he's pretty open about this too in his interviews and stuff that, um, you know, he isn't that much different than his characters that he plays, and he just got really lucky because he grew up in in a brutal town, and he kind of. He's like I became this weird hick actor, right? And he's like it actually worked out really well because I haven't had to change too much about myself, right? To be who I'm portraying on the screen, and and he's like it's actually worked out quite well, like yeah. you know, it's yeah. like I'm not totally like the person, you know, right. you know, obviously, you know, but it's been a really easy thing for him, and he is hilarious. <laughs> I, I watched the stand up special that he did, and it was mm. it was pretty funny. I liked. It, he, he was pretty straightforward about a lot of stuff, yeah, which was pretty cool. Um, so anyway, that's that's my two cents. I say twenty twenty. Uh, it's either it's either going to be Donald Trump, Oprah, or Nick Offerman, mm-hmm. or Micro. I'm, yeah, that I, I feel like there's some excellent choices there. Yeah, I know who <laughs> I'd vote for. <laughs> so do I. I yeah. You can read into it how you want. That's um, right. Jeez, Brian, leave your politics out of this. Okay, right? yeah, I, I will. I will. Okay. Um, all right, Glenn. Well, on that note, um, the, uh, the, the, thanks for listening to <laughs> the first episode of 2018. Uh, oh man, legitimate podcast. Uh, it's been a wild ride, <laughs> and it's going to get wilder. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about how it's probably going to be the presidential campaign's already going to. Get started. Uh, yeah. Any, any day now. Doesn't seem like there's an off season anymore. Um, nope. Anyway, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to episode 128 of the General Podcast. Uh, we will be back in two weeks mm-hmm. uh, for episode 129. I'm Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Adios, muchachos. <laughs>